to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan. With me, as always, is Logan. How are you today, Logan? Oh, I'm doing well. It's October. Um, you know, they got playoff baseball going on. You got the winding down of MLS season. I kind of like how that coincides and like it, it's together and, and it kind of falls within the same month that we'll get playoff baseball and World Series. And then MLS will be making their run through the playoffs. So. Yeah. Then basketball starts. So it's the best, pretty crowded. It's the best time. Uh, yeah. When it comes to sports, because yeah. you do have, like you said, the NBA will be ramping up. NFL is kicked off. We have uh, MLS winding down its season to get to the more exciting bits uh, due to how many teams uh, join the playoffs. And then we also have, uh, like you said, baseball going in the playoffs. It's all, it's all a lot of fun going on here in the, uh, in the season of fall, as we get closer and closer to the end of the MLS season. And with that comes more teams clinching, and with that becomes teams lifting trophies. As uh, the main topic of the show, of course, is always going to be the MLS action. But we did have Houston lift the U.S. Open Cup. We had... LAFC lose the Campiones Cup, and we had FC Cincinnati win the Supporter Shield, while St. Louis has clinched the West. So lots of stuff to talk about in this week so far. Uh, I guess let's start with FC Cincinnati winning that Supporter Shield. Pat Noonan kind of came out and said, hey, this means more than MLS Cup. And that more people in, and I think Taylor Twelman shared that more coaches and executives are starting to think that way. Logan, I want to get your thoughts on this because I am a fan of a team that's won a supporter shield, you know, the Philadelphia Union. Yes, I do count it as a trophy, especially after how many times they had lost a trophy. But this idea that this is the more popular or like the one that's seen as the bigger achievement kind of loses me. And it kind of loses me because while it does mean you are the best team in your season year round, it's not a balanced schedule. You know, you're, you're not going up against every single team twice. 
there are circumstances where I can see this. I mean, I, I feel like almost this one's way more legitimate than the union one, right? Because if you look at the Philadelphia union, they played the revs like six times right after COVID or whatever. Like it was a regional schedule because of COVID. And I still count it as a real thing. I, I these things, this is almost going to go on another tangent. The things fans do where they say, it's a Mickey Mouse trophy. It doesn't count. The Dodgers never actually won the 2020 World Series. It's like, no, they did. They faced the same exact circumstances the other teams did in that season, right? So in this case, yes, it's still 2020 Supporter Shield. Union still held it. They still won it because every team was going through the way unbalanced schedule. So it still meant something. But I think if you look at like this one where you were consistent, I mean, they had like no competition for the supporter shield. Like what once they took over the supporter shield spot, Cincy ran away with it. And it was, you know, we were sitting here looking, you know, I don't know how into the season, but where you're like, mathematically, can any team get the supporter shield? Yeah, of course, mathematically. But you look and they're like, 11 points up 12 points up and you're like i don't see any team just going on that type of run to win the supporter shield so it does mean a lot but i do think in this league mls cup reigns supreme we you know we're letting nine teams in each conference into this playoff they all are going to face the same sort of circumstances, right? Uh, three games, whatever the, the, the three game series, right? And then they're going to go to the next thing and they're going to go to the next thing. And it's going to be a big tournament to figure out who's the best team in the league at that time. I think since he has a chance to, to win this thing and really cement themselves as one of the greatest teams, you know, that we've seen, but I just think it's weird when managers and executives are kind of saying, hey, we like the supporter shield more. I think going forward, we can definitely make that more of a thing. If they want to start balancing the schedule more or maybe give out like give out something for the other conference as well, like maybe they only play interconference games, you know, like not inter, I guess, intra conference, right, where it is. Only the East faces the East. And then at the end, you have the East winner, and then you have the West winner, and whichever one has the better record or points gets the supporter shield, right? Like, you could go that way with it, or you try to have less games and try to have more people, you know, more teams facing each other to try to make it a little bit more balanced. I don't really know what the answer is here, but I think you can't really put that much weight on the supporter shield other than just saying they were consistent all year long, right? They were consistent all year long with the people they faced. And and that is the key part I find with the supporter shield. I don't know. What's your thoughts on this? And, and the fact that this is kind of getting a bigger deal within like management and executive circles. Um, I mean, I think it, it's the only sport in the United States that that would ever be defined as a successful like you're not giving the Baltimore Orioles or the Atlanta Braves uh, any kind of trophy where they go home and say, you know what, that was the most important thing. And if we win the World Series, then fine. But we had a very good year. Um, most of the time, what you'll see, Jordan, is you'll see these uh, number one seeds get bounced often. 
and they'll go out and say, we didn't win a World Series. This wasn't successful. They we laugh at them. I mean, yeah. what yes. the, the Seattle yeah. Mariners have 116 yes. wins in like the early 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. Or late 90s and choked against the Yankees. And everybody points at them and says, hey, you were great in the regular season, but you sucked when it counted. And the yep. same sort of thing with like the Dodgers last year, 111 wins. They go against the Padres and they lose, right? And everyone like almost revels in it a bit. Yeah. No, it, and again, it, it's every sport. Like you're never going to, you're never going to convince the American crowd, no matter how long that this game goes on, that winning a regular season title is actually a thing. Um, it, it, it it's never existed in our sports. So I think you're going to have a really hard time convincing sports fans. You're never going to convince somebody that the, the top of the AFC East and, or sorry, the AFC and the NFC, that those guys that don't win the Lombardi trophy, that they're, that they're, you know, they won a more important title than that, that won a Super Bowl. So again, I, I, again, yeah, I don't think you, I don't think you can convince us that this is the case. I think, yes, that there is something to say that you were really good throughout the regular season, but until you capped that off with the title, I don't think that that these accolades for winning a, a certain conference is ever going to be a thing. So yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. And I, there's honestly, there's, a bunch of talk lately, and I guess we'll get into it. Um, there's been a ton of talk about playoffs on Twitter. Um, I guess X now. Uh, there's just been a lot of, you know, it's almost like people just are now realizing that there's nine teams in the playoffs this year, where we've been talking about it all season. Um, just kind of making a joke of it because what 18 out of the how many teams we got? 29 now. So you've got 11 teams that missed the playoffs, um, which is crazy, but. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot to go into this. The league's going to get to a certain point where there's 40-some teams, I think. I think it's going to be one of the biggest uh, American sports leagues uh, that we have. So we're almost there. We're getting close. I think baseball has 32. 30. NFL is 32, is 30? yeah. I couldn't remember which one had 32. Yeah, so we're getting there, Jordan. I think we're going to we're gonna eventually be the biggest. But until then, the playoffs are just going to be kind of muddy. Yeah, you know, and I'm not trying to bring down Cincy fans or anything. Just like, you know, celebrate yeah. your supporter shield. Go, you know, buy the merch that says supporter shield champs or whatever. But, you know, I, I want to know Cincy fans, too. Is this something that you're, you know, because I saw, was it Alexi or somebody posted a, a team celebrating or saying the supporter shield is more important you know, uh, is a team that I know hasn't won MLS Cup, right? I mean, because MLS Cup, you get the star over your shirt. It's kind of what people are fired or hired over, right? Uh, I mean, Garth Lagerway gets to Atlanta because of his success getting MLS Cups with RSL in Seattle and, you know, being a, a, a pretty good uh, general manager in those in those regards. So, um just an interesting debate because like you said in, in any of our other sports we don't really celebrate that and i you know what i'd actually think it'd be cool if we could get like a fan supporter shield-esque thing for baseball too where the fans pass it around like that's one of the best things about the supporter shield is that this is a fan driven thing that is you know was made by the fans to you know back in the day the more hardcore soccer fans that are like why are we why are we when we only had like 10 le- ten teams in the league where you could do a, a, a balanced schedule. 
where they were like, well, let's go ahead and figure out who would have won it in a European style league. Right. And then they create this supporter shield and it gets, you know, becomes this big thing. Uh, I'm just really interested to see if it continues to go that way, you know, where maybe teams, not just the executives and the coaches, but ownerships maybe look at it that way. So they are hiring people off. Oh, you've won a supporter shield. Great. And not just focusing on MLS cup. It's interesting to see how this might change over time and where the supporter shield lands going forward. But congratulations to Cincinnati. They got three games left, Red Bulls, Miami and Atlanta. I assume, and we also have an international break thrown in here too. So I don't know if you rest your players or if you try to keep them going because, you know, uh, you've kind of locked up the top seed in all of MLS. You're going to host MLS Cup if you get there. That is the big thing for Cincinnati. The road to MLS Cup goes through Cincinnati, and uh, that can be a huge determining factor when you look at last year in the Philadelphia union who missed it out by, I think it was tied on points, right. Or just a point or two less and LAFC hosted that final and won it, you know, and, and they were able to kind of have that home field advantage, which can turn the tide of a game. So congratulations for Cincinnati who just a couple years ago, Logan, we're looking at as consecutive wooden spoon, right? winners or if you want to say winner of the wooden spoon and then now they got their first real trophy with the supporter shield now they can just flip the supporter shield upside down they could put some of that skyline chili in there and they can use their wooden spoons to eat it out of the supporter shield if they really want hey that'd be talent <laughs> uh, like store shield uh, <laughs> that'd be great um jordan there's they're, they're nine points off of the record too uh they could get 74 points which would be a record they do have three games left so that'll be interesting to see if they go full force yeah. at that um i do think that they could easily achieve it uh i think that it's something that that'll definitely be on their mind yeah who did i say or they have could... left red bulls miami and atlanta yeah, yeah they can do it yep they, they could they can do it. Atlanta probably gives them the hardest time. Miami, it all depends, right? It all depends on on yeah. the Messi and the if everybody's healthy. But I, I think they're running out of steam. Yeah, um, but yeah, seventy four points that would be a record. Jordan, we might be looking at two back to back seasons where uh, both Supporter Shield um, and MLS Cup go to one specific team. Um, LAFC did it last year. And then this year it can be Cincinnati and it hadn't happened before. And we might get two consecutive years if and that, Cincinnati continues to play the way uh, that they are. I was just going to say, and what that would maybe show is maybe it is good to prioritize supporter show because you're showing yeah. it, it might become more of a trend, right? Uh, as we go of if more teams start doing that, it gives you a better chance <laughs> And I think the biggest thing to do with Supporter Shield really is not just the fact that you get something for your trophy case, which is huge for Cincy because, like I said, that it was really only three wooden spoons they had. But, like I said before, you get that home field advantage. So there's like a benefit of getting that because it's rewarding you on your whole season and you get to host. right? In other leagues, like football, there is no host. right? It is a city. When it comes to baseball, it's more than one game, you know, uh, but they at one point had the all-star game determine it. Now they're back to allowing actual, you know, results to determine that. So 
Uh, it might be part of the thing to say, hey, if we can be good all season long, that gives us a better chance at hosting, which maybe gives us the better chance of MLS Cup. And that might be kind of the way it goes. And maybe we see more of those teams start to, you know, start to do it. It used to be rare, but like you said, if we get it back to back years, and I think the Cincinnati team has to be the favorites for MLS Cup at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think there's a team to beat. I mean, you look around, um, and I guess we'll kind of get into other teams later on. But, I mean, right now, uh, the only teams that I can think of that are hot enough, that are playing well enough, uh, Orlando, I could see RSL, uh, St. Louis, and I think looks like Portland could. Like, I think Portland's good enough right now. Uh, They're on fire. So, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of teams that, like, there's not a heavy favorite to go up against them, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's not somebody coming out of the mm-hmm. West that I would be like, that's the team that's going to dismantle them. Even in the East, I mean, Orlando's good, but they're not as good defensively. Like, Cincinnati, the thing about Cincinnati, if you look at it, they're one of the best defensive teams, and they're one of the best uh, scoring teams. <laughs> so, um, and again, I think that that's all credit to um you know, Chris Albright. And then you also have um, Pat Noonan, who I think Jordan, like you've said um, multiple times that defense wins championships and, and the union and Jim Curtin have always done well there. Um, Ernst Tanner has always built a team that was very good defensively. And when I think about the union, I first think about that back line and um, Andre Blake. And now when I think of Cincinnati, I think of kind of that three to five hybrid thing that they play in the defensive back. And it's, it is. It's the same way. But what I would down. what I would say to that is, so far, <laughs> the defense hasn't won any championships, right? So, like, right. What, what I would maybe say is, like, they took the the model that the union had, mm-hmm. but they actually were able to go out and get more consistent performers, performers like Luciano Costa, who signed an extension, right? They get Brandon Vasquez. Point. I mean, that's thirty five of their goals right there. Fifteen. Yeah. Well, I guess. It depends on how you look at it, right? 15 goals from Luciano Acosta, and he's giving you 10 assists. Vasquez is giving you eight goals and two assists. And they even have Junior Mourinho. Junior Mourinho is four and two. Yeah, Barriel is four and five. Like, I mean, even a player like uh, Aaron Balpendenza, right? Yeah. Forward, he's only played eight. Uh, matches, right? Is that what it says? Yeah, eight matches, f- uh, five starts, and he's got five goals, right? So you're even getting performance from your from your backups and stuff, and that's huge. Yeah, Sergio Santos is even scoring just like he was in the Union, four goals, you know, uh, for him there too. So th- that's huge and you're going to need goal scorers for sure cuz it's the, it is the most important thing right to actually be able to score goals in this league and in big playoff situations and the fact that DC lost Luciano Costa to overseas and he comes back and he goes to Cincy and now they've locked him down he could have been a DC legend and now he's going to etch his name in the history of FC Cincinnati and they might go on a run here like you said and and win it all or you know, get a chance to win it all again um, next year. I, I don't think this team is going to regress as much as maybe the Union have this year, right? And the Union's still hanging in that top four, top five spot, but 
I think the Cincinnati team is a team that with the way that their ownership spends, you know, they'll, they'll reinvest the money. They're not going to have to have, you know, Ernst Tanner go out and try to find, you know, diamonds in the rough. They'll go out and spend, you know, real money, which is huge. I think you make a good point though. Like the union, like when I think about the union that I don't think of like there's, they have their Lucho Acosta. No, Gosday. And he's so inconsistent at times. Right. Right. Where Lucho, that's, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. A a superstar level. Like he's a honey Mukhtar. That's who he reminds me of. That's who, you know, that's how big of a player he is in this league. And he's staying around forever now. (laughs) He doesn't ever want to leave. Um, and they don't really, since, like you said, since you look at the roster, they're not going to have guys that just leave. Mm-mm. Like, I, I don't see a lot of guys just up and leaving. Like, maybe Barrial gets interest. Vasquez will probably else, go somewhere, right? Yeah. But yeah, but I feel like you're, he's one that you could go in and replace. I think they were, you know, I think they're happy mm-hmm. where they are. And, and like you said, I, I just don't see much regression from Cincinnati, whereas the Union's an aging roster. Um, yeah. And, and guys got you know, limited time left and, and want to move on. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but I do think that their blueprints were similar. Like you said, though, I think the biggest difference is that Cincinnati found their consistent performers and they're big time players. Like, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're not the best offense and they're not the best defense, but they're very, very good at doing both. I feel like they always get goals when they need them and they really know how to beat teams. Um, which is, you know, people are like, well, duh, that's why they're in the top. But it just feels like, you know, they're not somebody that's going to, you know, look like an LAFC when they win this. It looks very much like just consistently good. All right. Uh, let's talk St. Louis as they've now, we talked about it last week. They had a chance to go out and break the record that LAFC held of expansion teams, uh, most wins. And they went out and did that. They got their uh, 17th win. They now have also clinched the top of the Western Conference. They have 56 points. RSL has 46. And Logan, I'm going to blow your mind here, maybe. Maybe not, because you already looked at the show notes. But (laughs) this is the only team that's clinched in the West. (laughs) Still, we talked about it last week. Oh, only one team's in the West right now, and that's St. Louis. They're still, after what, they played Wednesday and the weekend, they're still the only team that has clinched in the in the Western Conference. And, are the, and they already clinched not just the playoffs, they already clinched the whole thing of the West. This is an expansion team that nobody really had doing all that well. Uh, looks like, you know, what, where, where did we, <laughs> where did we have them? We had them... 14th in the West. Mm-hmm. They said that they had these hanging up on their wall. I hope they had ours up there too. I want to be that relevant, but they, yeah. uh, you know, all of MLS extra time and stuff had them so low and they go out there and they just broke a record that LAFC, a team that had huge money invested into it. They had a manager like Bob Bradley. They go out there, beat that record. They can actually set it again. They still have like what? Three games left. So they could actually, uh, you know, uh, they have two games left at, at Vancouver and versus Seattle. So if they do a good enough job, they can make it a 20 win. Uh, was it 20? No, 19. They can make it 19 wins. And that would almost put it out of, uh, out of reach. I would think. Right. I mean, like what other team is going to, when Vegas comes in maybe, but 
you know, this is a team that most people didn't see doing this well. And here they are top of the West in a season where the West has also kind of sucked. I mean, that that's part of it, right? I, I think we have to say that's part of it. LAFC lost to RSL this week and RSL has let frog them all the way to second. By the way, RSL has a goal differential of minus two <laughs> and they're in <laughs> second place in the Western yeah. conference. It's not a good Western conference at all. No, you look at the top. Of, so if you look at the top of the East, I mean, there there's major goal differential uh, for a lot of those teams. They're up in the double digits, right? You have to look. If you look at the West, there's only one team, Jordan, that's in double digits. It's St. Louis. Goal it's St. Louis. I don't want to discredit St. Louis. They had a fire start. Yeah, you got six, and, six in the East, by the way. Yeah, that are double digits. Yes. And like a lot of them close to like the upper half of the double digits. Like they're almost at 20. Like they're in, you know, I think 14 might be the lowest in between um, in the teens. So no, 12, sorry, Orlando City. Um, but Jordan, there's not many championship teams that give up 40 goals. Like there's just not. Um, I think it's going to be very difficult for any of the Western teams to beat the East side. Luckily, you only have to play them once. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the big advantage that you have. Um, it's going to be a bloodbath. Like predicting the Western Conference playoffs is going to be near impossible. <laughs> well, you would just give the advantage to the home team and go. I hope they win because I think anybody. Can I have a question for other. you. How much of a train wreck are the best of threes going to be in the West? <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants it. It feels like nobody wants it, and it's just going to be this absolute mess trying to uh, watch a team win two games <laughs> against their people that are so close to them. Right. Like, yeah, let me see if the playoffs started today, this is, I have their play. I have it up there. Yeah. It. If, if they on. started today, we have RSL versus Portland. Logan, what's the gap in points between those two right now? RSL and Portland. Yeah. RSL has 46, Portland has 43. <laughs> That's second and seventh place. All right. I know. Yeah. Seattle would host, well, Seattle and Vancouver, and this is best of three. What's the gap between Seattle and Vancouver? Seattle has 46, Vancouver has 43. All right. So we're kind of in the same zone there. LAFC <laughs> and Houston. What's the gap there? One, one point. All right. 45, 44. You know what's funny? If they switch. Uh, they'll still be the same matchup because it's the four and the five. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then see. Well, a lot of them, if they lose to each other or something stupid, then they just switch. Yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, St. Louis would host either the Earthquakes or Dallas, whoever wins that. What's the gap between Earthquakes and Dallas? None? Earthquakes and Dallas, just 1.4241. Although Dallas has a game in hand, well, that's the other thing that muddies it up yeah. a little bit too. Some of these games, some of these teams have games. We'll in have hand. a much clearer and picture going like, into decision day because they'll yeah. all be even. Right, but I mean, just a let alone, who's the ninth seed? Is it FC Dallas yeah. or Sporting Kansas? Uh, Dallas. Dallas. Okay, they have forty-one points. Technically, the Galaxy aren't out. Technically, Austin aren't out. Only um, one team's out. The Rapids. Yeah. It's this is it's absolutely insane. Like it just, I don't I I don't get how 
And people are going to be like, well, it's so competitive. They just beat each other up. I was like, I don't think that's it. <laughs> no, really this year it's not. It. No, I mean, it, no. it's been like that in the past, I would say, right? Yeah. But this year it's not, I, I don't think at all. Uh, LAFC should be beating RSL, right? Yeah. LAFC should well, be number two. But they're just not. Yes. Well, Jordan, the third team in the Western Conference is Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, where do you think they rank? I don't know if you have this pull up. Where do you think they rank in goals scored? I don't know. Do they rank like fifth? In the West, you mean? League. In the league. Oh, uh, 11? They're the seventh worst team. Oh, my God. (laughs) The only reason they're up so high is they don't give up goals. (laughs) Right. They don't give up any goals. They defend really well. They're one of the best defenses in the whole league. But also one of the worst. I mean, it, that's how brutal it is. I mean, look at the top of the – or look at the Western Conference playoffs. Like goals scored, 43, Salt Lake, 44, LAFC. Like these numbers, comparatively speaking to the East, Eastern Conference Jordan has 53, 49, 51, 53, 62, 61. Like the top six teams in the Eastern Conference have scored almost 20 goals, 20 more goals than half those teams. So it's like, it, it's unbelievable. Like it, Well, it yeah, just... I mean, if you want to look at it this way, the first, other than St. Louis, RSL is number two, right? They would be eighth mm-hmm. total in the league when you look at standings. They would be just above... Nashville in the East. That's it. <laughs> and that's where RSL and Seattle both sit is between Atlanta and Nashville and LAFC sit there yeah. too. That's is this more Is this more damning for the teams that are out of the playoffs? Like in the West? Like, are you really bad if you're in the West and you're out of the playoffs? Like Toronto looks like they're bad. But I like, think sadly there are a lot of teams that are really bad. on the state of MLS, right? This is almost how it's always been. Yeah. You get this late. And I remember being this late sometime. It's like only the Chicago fire are eliminated. <laughs> and you're like, wow, like they must be really bad. Right. Yeah. The fact that we have, and it could be exciting, right? Everybody's team is still in it. Right. Except for Toronto and Colorado, pretty much. <laughs> That's it. Everybody else's team is, like involved but mm-hmm. it makes the regular season meaningless at this point the, the most meaning mm-hmm. that the regular season has is determining the supporter shield and who hosts that is what we're playing it for at this rate and once you fall out of contention in the supporter shield you have nothing to really play for at all i'm really curious to see how that's going to mix with the best of three what's the strategy here with the best of three because what I think we've determined is it's a home game and away game and then a home game for the best seed. So, you know, what's your strategy? You, you got to try to win your home games. But are you playing for a draw to go right to penalties in game two? You know, like, what is your goal in this best of three? And since this is the first year of it, we're really not going to know until we see what, what happens. And... We'll, you know, they kind of did this, right? Because sometimes the way we think they did it is because they wanted more games. But also, there was always these people that'd be like, oh no, like this team upset them and that's it. And it kind of gives a little bit of leeway. You can lose one 
game if you are a team like Cincinnati or St. Louis that have been good all year. You can lose one game in that best of three, and then you better not lose, right? You got to you gotta win two. Uh, let's go ahead real quick and look at who can clinch this Wednesday. That's tomorrow. <laughs> All right. This is mostly going to focus on the West because I think the East, uh, I don't know if the East can. There's some elimination scenarios. Okay. All right. Seattle, uh, RSL. They need to win. Oh, no. Actually, they don't play, right? So, I, Okay. I think this is where it gets confusing. RSL will clinch if Dallas loses or draws versus Colorado or Minnesota lose and draw at LAFC. Here's the problem with that. Colorado sucks, right? So are, is Dallas going to lose or draw? Turn, you know, we, we may seriously still have clinching to do uh, near the end here. Seattle will clinch if they win versus LA Galaxy or Minnesota lose and draw at LAFC and Dallas lose and draw versus Colorado. Uh, So pretty much if RSL clinches, sounds like Seattle will clinch. If Seattle doesn't win. LAFC will clinch if they win versus Minnesota or draw. Or Dallas loses versus Colorado. And then Houston will clinch if they win at Montreal. Or, there you go, Houston playing the East again. Or Houston draw (laughs) at Montreal and Dallas lose versus Colorado. Or Houston draw and Minnesota lose or draw at LAFC. And then Vancouver can clinch if they win versus St. Louis and Dallas lose or draw. Or Vancouver wins and Minnesota loses and draws. So pretty much if Minnesota loses and draws and Dallas loses a draw, we're going to start getting a lot of clinches coming in here. Orlando City are the only Eastern team that can clinch this week, and it is they can clinch a top four seed in the Eastern Conference if they win at Nashville and Columbus lose at New England. And Atlanta lose and draw at Philly. So it's going to take a little bit there for Orlando to clinch the top four, but they can. Uh, Teams can be eliminated. Red Bulls can be eliminated if they lose at Cincy and Montreal win and Chicago wins. Or New York lose and Montreal win and D.C. win. D.C. can be eliminated if they lose at Austin and Chicago win and Montreal win. Austin will be eliminated if they lose versus DC and Dallas win or draws. Or Austin loses and LA wins against Seattle or draws. And Minnesota wins at LAFC. Or Austin loses versus DC and LA win at Seattle and Minnesota win and draw at LAFC. So there's your clinch scenarios and elimination scenarios as we head into a lot of it's hinging on that Minnesota LAFC game, the Dallas Colorado game, uh, and the, yeah, those are what most of the games are hinging on here this, this week.
So maybe we'll finally have more than one team clinched in the uh, West when we record next. Because we'll also have weekend games too. So there are some some clinch scenarios there. They just haven't posted those yet because we don't know what's going to happen Wednesday. Okay, uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Um, oh, yeah. You want a fun one? Well, in the East, by the way, there's only two spots up for grabs. Those are the wild card teams. Uh, so that's why so many... That's true. That's why so many teams like <laughs> New England, uh, New New York and DC can get eliminated this week is because there's only two spots remaining. So, but no no teams can clinch those two spots uh, tomorrow. What was the fun one? Uh, it was a nice transition because you didn't throw DC United in. She said Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was uh, at DC's training today. <laughs> no visiting his friend Wayne, I guess, huh? Yeah, yeah. They said, uh, "Why was he there?" And um, he just said that they were they were coming to the East Coast just to hang out with Wayne Rooney and uh, David Beckham, and see a few games. Yeah, that's true. Um, David Beckham too. But then was asked like why he was there, why did he go to DC's training and stuff like that, and he did say he was just there to kind of watch. But he was all the DC spokesperson was like, "We have no comment on that matter." Mm. Kind of like hmm, it's weird. Um, so people are speculating, of course, that he might join. Rooney. His staff, that'd be weird. Yeah. Would be very strange, I would think. <laughs> I was like, why would he come over? He could coach anywhere else in Europe. Like he really could. He could even coach an MLS team. If he really wants to coach an MLS hell he could Have you been to DC? Team. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, You've right. Got the museums. The... Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. They got a really sharp needle looking thing. Yeah. Stay away from that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Poke your eye out. <laughs> Uh, oh no, that was just my fun little tidbit. I just I did not see that. That's there. interesting. Yeah, it's weird. Houston won the Open Cup. Uh, Miami made it interesting at the end there. Joseph scored late. Uh, it was uh, you know too little, too late as Miami loses to an absolutely dominant Houston. I mean, Houston at one point had it three nil. Then they called it back for VAR, but I mean it was cruise control for Houston and I felt pretty good about our picks because let's not forget last week. Uh, I don't know. Show, I don't know if we said it on the show, but I know I posted it like the day of the game uh, on our Twitter that Houston was going to win that game. And congratulations, Houston first open cup win since 2018. Ben Olsen won that also in, in 2013 with DC United. So 10 years Ago, and that's going to qualify them for the Champions Cup. So they're already in now. And we get to uh, see how they do. I, I think they're a very underrated team in the West that can maybe do some damage. You know, uh, even in a best of three, I think that they can. They've been just so consistent. I, I think that they can be pretty dangerous. And then watch out if they get the MLS Cup because they play the East all the time this year. So they are, <laughs> they are prepared. They are. Yeah, they are they are our honorary Eastern Conference team. They just play in the West, right? Right. Um, yeah, and I wonder if they did play more Eastern games than that. That can't be right. I guess it could. They be. could have played more than other teams for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's because of the unbalance. Yeah, that's fun. LAFC lost in penalties uh, in the Campeones Cup, and you know, Steve Trundolo was complaining about the MLS rules here. How how long do you think we have for these rules? They have to start increasing some stuff right because 
if they want to take League's Cup seriously, right? If we want to take uh, any of these interleague things like the Champions League, League's Cup, we got to open up the purse strings a little bit here. We've gotten some complaints with Steve Torondolo uh, complained. Uh, what? Tata has been complaining about depth and stuff. What does it take to have these owners finally be like, yeah, we got to we gotta make some changes and maybe there's been rumors of like a fourth DP, right? Or, you know, yeah. getting rid of Gam too. and Tam and stuff. So yeah. what do you think it'll take for us to maybe make that make that jump? I think it's here. I think um, it's in the name of Messi. Um, I do think the league will see that as an opportunity. And I'm, I'm really excited, Jordan, because I know we'll, we'll eventually sit down and do like our year in review kind of thing um, that we typically do. And I'm interested to see. Oh, yeah. You know what we should do weeks. this year? Sorry. I was just thinking yeah. this. This got me excited. Like a year. Before. Like a year in review. But let's like grade the seasons for the teams. Yeah. I don't think we've done that before. Yeah. Yeah, we can give like a little report card yeah. yearbook kind of like, theme. Was it in. successful? Like, right. You know, uh, yeah, give them grades. Give back. them grades. Go back to your teacher uh, mentality and we'll do like a yeah. A to F scale or something. Yeah, we'll do that. That's fun. Um, and then we can give them this number. I'm interested to see how Apple TV does. I'm interested to see jersey sales. I'm interested to see attendance. Um, that, that all is released at the end of the year, usually in a report that they do. There's going to be something obviously written about the Apple deal because it's in his first year. I think so many of us forget about that. This is their first year that they've done this and how well it's gone. I mean, it's almost a mute point at this point. Um, I think nobody talks about it just because it, it has gone so well. I, I think other platforms that have struggled with certain sporting events and sports, they will hear about it. I know Fox gets a lot on the chin because of uh, their start times and they also, well, streaming ability. Fox and, doesn't have a streaming thing. Right. They got rid of their app, right. the Fox Now app or whatever. So, yeah. like, you can only watch, I think, by authenticating... Um, a cable service. Cable yeah. service. But I think you... I don't even know if they have the app for it anymore. You might just have to do it on, like, a browser. But, you know, every other place... Like, Peacock has an app where you can, like, yeah. at least watch the games, right? Um ESPN. Paramount, right? ESPN. Yeah. And also what we're seeing with other leagues is things like Bally Sports falling apart, right? Uh, MLB mm -hmm. had to kind of get back the rights to those because Bally wasn't making payments. And, and not really Bally. They're just the brand that it is, but it was like Diamond Sports or whatever it was. Um, they just sold the name of the station to, to Bally. Uh, but the Bally Sports networks and stuff have been what like they stopped paying for i think arizona or another team that then a lot of sports mlb yeah mlb had to like sell a separate package of like here's 20 dollars a month and we have to produce the games now and all, it kind of put mm -hmm. i think that's all falling apart right and i think what i see even in like other subreddits of like baseball or NFL or basketball is people bring up the MLS deal all the time. Even mm -hmm. if they're not fans, they say, look, this is one of the first leagues that doesn't have blackouts. You can just buy the package yeah. and watch whatever you want. And they're like, we should be going towards that. I think that's very interesting that, you know, MLS was the first one to do it. We might get more of that going forward. Yeah. And I know the NFL has been in discussion with YouTube um, to bring in no blackouts because that's a huge, 
amount of money that the NFL is missing out on. Like they truly are missing out. If if I knew buying the ML or if I knew the NFL package and we already have it this year because my brother and I split it, but if I knew the NFL package was going to allow me to watch the Dolphins, I'm three and a half hours away. I'm a Dolphins fan. I can't watch the Dolphins unless they're nationally televised. And then you play that regional game, but it's oftentimes blacked out. So again, I can't watch the Bucks if I wanted to watch the Bucks. Like it, and I'm an hour and a half away from them. You if can't you even watch that, them on Sunday ticket. Done. No. Wow. Yeah, like you can watch it. There's certain areas you can like. There's certain areas like up up around us you can usually get the Dolphins, but the Bucks a lot of times they'll black out. And there's still that give and take. And uh, Sunday tickets expensive. So I think that's when they again. I think a lot of yeah sports, people I complain about NBA. If people complain about the what eighty bucks this was. Yeah. Uh, Sunday tickets yeah. like what three hundred four hundred dollars. Yeah, it's four hundred bucks. Um, so and again, you get what four four months I think in the NFL, uh, whereas <laughs> MLS is now like nine months. So um, baseball and MLS, I feel like I get the most bang for my buck because of getting so much. Um, but again, I think you're right, Jordan. I think. I do think that these leagues are now going to start to align themselves with streaming platforms. Like I do think they're going to pick which ones they want. DirecTV is going to die eventually. Like yeah. it'll just go. Um, yeah. Why pay that much for satellite it, when right? you can just buy YouTube yeah. TV or Hulu? You stream it. Right. Um, so I think that's coming. And I think with that, I mean, obviously NFLs now align themselves with YouTube. I think MLB um, has flirted with Apple and has flirted with YouTube TV. Yeah, they've done. I the, know they've had a good conversation. Uh, so, well, yeah, they've done a little bit of both. Maybe not YouTube TV because they actually dropped yeah. MLB Network. But there was a time. Right. Oh, that's true. There was a time where they had. I don't know if it was this year, but last year for sure, they would have a free game on YouTube every mm-hmm. every week or every day or something. I think it was every Friday. They would have a free game on YouTube. That I think it was still blacked out if you're not in the area. You know, if you are in the area, but they would just have like a national broadcast game on YouTube and they do the Apple stuff. And actually, this is what's been great that it's been really good on Apple too, not just for baseball, but like I was able to rewatch the 2014 ALDS because they had that they had like all these classic games on Apple too, stuff that you used to just see. Yep. Rebroadcast on too. MLB Network yep. or on the YouTube channel. They also put it on the, the MLB. And, and another thing they've put on Apple TV is like the big inning thing, which is like Red Zone, where it shows all the games going on. Mm-hmm. I was watching that on the weekend as teams were, you know, clinching the playoffs and stuff. Uh, yeah. So I, I, it'd be great if they somehow made the jump to MLB. The thing is, though, like that is people complain about MLS ditching their regional um, announcers and stuff. That's much more common in MLB. That would be a huge loss. I think in that regard, but just end blackouts. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about it. Like it's a lot, it's money, but again, like they're not, trust me, people that live an hour away from Wrigley field are not usually going to try. Like, so why, why does that matter? Like, you they know, even like, black out, least... like in Hawaii, they black out the California teams. Yeah. I'm like, what? You're not going to get somebody yeah. flying eight hours to LA to watch a game. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so that's why like Hawaii fans will become fans of like central teams or something because a lot of the West coast is completely, Blocked. I think even Mariner games are blacked out from Hawaii. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. like the, the, well, this whole thing, like TV, right? 
the money deal with Messi, like getting back to that, like I, I think that's what we're going to be looking at. And I think that's coming soon. I would say in the next year or two, because they know Saudi's doing this, they know the Premier League and all the other European leagues, they don't have a cap. American sports don't typically have a cap either. Like, and if they do, it's a huge cap and they're going to spend a ton of money depending on the sport. So like you've seen what it does with baseball. You've seen what it does with basketball when teams can spend, spend, spend. And it's more fun. Like when your teams are the teams that are spending and I've been lucky enough where my teams are teams that spend typically. So again, I, I don't know. Like I always feel like it just, it's coming and I think it needs to come faster because that's the only way we grow this league. Not this, crap that they play with. Well, and people would probably be worried about parity and stuff, but here's the thing. Um the teams that are not spending are are mm-hmm. not in the top. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe the union you can say, but like Red Bulls aren't spending, NYCFC is not spending. They're they're not making the playoffs, right? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh the teams that are taking it seriously, Colorado's not taking it seriously. They are they're eliminated already. There's teams mm-hmm. that are already, it's already pointless to be a fan of, even with a salary cap, because they're still not even going up to the salary cap, or they're not spending it right. correctly, you know? So, yep. I don't know, and look I don't at the know top where I land on it, though, but. Look at the top spenders, though. Seattle, mm-hmm. they're up there. LAFC, they're up there. And they've won trophies. Cincinnati, they're but up there. Even if they're having yeah, a like... down year this year, those teams have yeah. won stuff. Yeah. When Atlanta wants to spend, they'll spend and they'll be really good. So like it, it, they're already doing it. It's just at a smaller level. <laughs> it's just now it's a matter of like, you're going to start seeing some big stars wanting to come over here. And the only way that that happens is either they create a fourth DP spot in some loopholes or they just get rid of it completely. All right. So one thing I wanted to kind of ask you before we head out to, I have two questions for you. Um, Alexei Lawless put out his MLS MVP criteria. Okay, this is what he grades MVPs on. Number one, only goal scorers. Nothing is more valuable. Number two, not goals scored, but numbers of games with a goal. Number three, PKs don't count. And four, the team must make the playoffs. So in his mind, here's what the leaders with two to four games left of his MVP would be. He has... With 13 goals by his, you know, standards, Yakamakis and White up top. Benteke second, and that would, he would not, you know, Benteke would actually not make it if DC doesn't, right? That's his thing. Acosta, Mukhtar, Bowanga, McGuire, Ferreira, and Carranza all tied with nine goals. If you don't count penalties and all that kind of stuff. Or maybe I guess it's games with a goal. There you go. That's probably what it. That's probably what it is. Okay. So I'm not going to ask you if this is reasonable or whatever, but I just want to say, like, what is your qualifications for making an MVP in MLS? Do you have any? Is it the eye test? Are you looking at stats? Are you looking at goals plus assists? Or do you have to still look at how many games they're playing? Do they have to make the playoffs? Like, what is what? what's your standard? Yeah, I'd say the goal, the, the game threshold is easily my number one. Um, that's the first thing I look at. Um, I think it's got to be above 24. Um, that would be my thing. Like, you miss 10 games. Like, games played. Like yeah. Be, yeah, like 24, 25, something like that. And 
you know, that's nine or 10 games still missed. But if you're competing at a high level and scoring, I think that, um, I also think like, it's interesting that he said that, like there are some good points in there, but also I don't really, I don't know. I, I look at more of, I look at goals, like goals are going to be what contributes to a team doing well. Just look at it. Like it, the highest scoring teams are the good teams. Like that's, it's really what it comes down to. So I would say goals and assists combined. I would say that's a huge number for me. It's kind of like the OPS. I think OPS in baseball does a really nice job of telling you how valuable you are. Defensively, I think he's right. I don't, it's very difficult to win that as a defensive player unless you're just absolute, but you would know. Like, that's the other thing, too, is that I would just know if Walker Zimmerman or whoever it might be is the most valuable player because of defensively he puts in enough stops and things like that. You would see it. Like, you would see people pointing it out, and I think that would ultimately, like, if he's in that conversation, then, yeah, if there's a defensive player getting into the conversation, then that defender is is lighting it up. The issue um, with that, right, is that there is, like, a defender of the year award. And this kind of is what, yeah. like, so I was watching the NFL this weekend, right, and I heard something that was had me taken aback. They were like, maybe McCaffrey could be MVP. And then they were like, somebody said to that, well, and I know MVP is usually a quarterback award. Quarterback. And I'm like, well, it shouldn't be a quarterback award, right? It really should just be the player that is the most valuable. And while most mm-hmm. of the time they're quarterbacks, it wasn't always that way, right? It is because they've put such an emphasis on, uh, you know, on the quarterback and, and offense as a whole. Like, I think you could probably, like, if, if there's somebody out there that's a huge receiver that's making grabs that maybe somebody else couldn't get to uh, or are saving some bad throws, you know, uh, or a running back like McCaffrey is doing really well, there's a chance, I think, there should be a chance for MVP. And this is what we were kind of talking about last year, right, when a lot of people had Blake as an option for MVP, but obviously he won goalkeeper of the year. Nobody voted really for him for MVP because people kind of see it as this opposite of quarterback uh, or kind of like the closest to quarterback you can get is like a number 10 role, right? It's a number nine or a number 10 award in soccer. One, some things I do like in his standards here. Um, I don't like to limit it just to goal scorers, but realistically that's what it's going to be. And the, I kind of do like games with a goal instead of just goal scored because, you know, what if they are winning three, nothing, and then you score uh, three more in garbage time, right? Do those three really mean anything if it's three, nothing already and you finish six, nothing, you know, there's stuff like that. So I think if you're counting more like how many times are you showing up on the scorebook because you are being more valuable, you're you're putting more goals into more games, right? So I think that is pretty cool. I do think PKs count, though. I, I know people have this tendency to say they don't, but I've seen people shank them. I've seen people miss them, right? Because it is, it's a big deal. But I do think you have to make the playoffs. I, I do think you can't be an MVP on a team that absolutely blows, right? Yeah. Uh, Shohei Otani is probably going to win MVP, and that's cool because he's had a really great year, but they didn't make the playoffs, the Angels, right? So mm-hmm. I, I do think you kind of have to award teams that are, you know, being valuable 
And how do you be valuable other than just scoring goals? You drag your team to the playoffs, right? And in yeah. soccer, that's easier than baseball because, you know, you can actually have more control. You're creating stuff as a as a uh, player on the field, and it's not just like, you know, somebody going up to bat, you know, every at bat or whatever. But I like I think that. you do. Like in baseball, you have the there is an advanced stat that tells you like what I think what the team would be without the player, like kind of mm. thing. You remove the player, and this is what the team would be. There's also wins above um, replacement and stuff that right. really shows like how yes. valuable they are. Yeah. Yes. Which we don't really have that yet in soccer because they, they don't think they really figured out how to do that. Um, they've got a lot of plus minuses in basketball. Like that's an easy way to tell. Yeah, give like a, give a soccer war. Give some plus minuses. Give a yeah. soccer war. Yeah, give some soccer, some soccer war. war. Yeah. Yeah. So again, and that's the other thing too, is I think so many people think of MVP as this is the best person in the league when MVP is, I think more rooted in this person's the most valuable person on their team. And that team is very good. And therefore they're the most valuable player to the entire league because of the, the contributions that they make to their team. That's the other thing I don't think people think a whole lot about. And that's a lot to think about because you're like, well, you know, you take them out, then yeah, they're going to suck. But like, you take Hani Mukhtar out of Nashville's roster, they're they're garbage. Like they are complete. I'm gonna get in trouble now. Um, like Rodney Harrison called, um, <laughs> who do you call it a garbage? Uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah, but um, you're not calling so, a person that. You're saying no. The I'm team not. I'm calling a team so garbage. A little, yeah, a little easier. No. Um, the team would be not good without Hani Mukhtar. So I think that's the other thing that people think of when they vote. But again, everybody has their own way. Criteria. Of, like it is very yeah. subjective. That is it the is. hardest thing about MVP. For me, I think I'd have to give it to somebody like Luciano Acosta this year, right? I mean, he, I they, he led him yeah. to a supporter shield with his goals plus assists, 25 goal contributions. That's that's huge. And they won the whole thing, you know, of supporter shield. That, you know, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, last thing I have here is Andre Blake said yesterday, there's too many games. We need to cut some games back. Some people took this well. Some people agreed. Some people took this poorly and said, okay, well, uh, if they cut games, they'll have to cut their paychecks. <laughs> the way people are. But I can see what he means. Uh, I know it's less games than overseas, but we also have added a whole League's Cup. We've added, uh, you know, we even have Campiona's Cup if you end up getting to the MLS Cup final. You have Champions League which has been expanded or whatever, right? So there there are some things that are, you know, making the season a little longer. And honestly, Andre Blake does look a little gassed. Uh, I mean, plus international breaks, right? Like this is where we... Soccer as a whole is adding way too many games on their plate. And, and we're starting to see coaches like Pep kind of push back on this and, and stuff like that. But... I don't know. I think we could probably cut it to 30 games. Can we cut it to 30 games, Logan? I think we could. I think we can. Um, and plus, let's not forget, be... we're adding a, two more games for yeah. the best of three. Right. Um, obviously, when a game is played, that team makes money. Um, and it's all money pit, right? It is. And you got to be careful. And I think I tell you who's really treading on some really thin ice and and I think is getting to a point where like I'm really confused as to what their strategy is besides making fans upset 
the NBA's added a new midseason tournament into the games. They didn't delete games out of the regular season. So they're still continuing to play the same amount of regular season games plus an in-season tournament, which is going to add games to the slate, which is now the Olympics are this year too after the season. So you've got those players and all the star players are coming out to play because they're tired of the U.S. not winning. So they're going to be adding more games. And what you come into in the NBA is a lot of fans are going to games and players are sit, like sitting. Like, could you imagine? And you're seeing it right now because he's hurt. When Messi doesn't show up, what that does to people. And they're not going to want to, they're going to get gun shy and not want to go and, and go to these games and pull the trigger on tickets. Especially for the cost, bucks, right? I mean, right? the cost yeah. is insane. Yeah. And it's the same thing with NBA games now. Like if, if so, for instance, if Kawhi Leonard's coming to Orlando, I want to see Kawhi play. There's a good chance he's not going to play. And the NBA's kind of gone after it now with the elimination of, I think it's now that if they don't, play a certain amount of games or something like that where they can get they can get penalized for it or something where I think they can get suspended or something or money taken away or I forget what the actual rule is now but they're they're putting into place rules to try to negate people sitting stars but you're going to get that same way in soccer and there's a lot of good teams out there like Manchester City like you know Real Madrid that can sit these players and then sub in guys that I want to see anyway that are stars because they have that luxury. But you're talking about then, like, if Nashville's going to go to U... I would never go to a USA Open Cup if Nashville is playing and they're going to decide to sit Hani Mukhtar all the time. Like, what fun is that? I don't get, you know... So, yeah, I think they're in a real dangerous spot. It seems like we're getting more and more greedy with sports anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're adding more teams. Players are getting more greedy. Teams are getting more greedy. Owners are getting more greedy. Everybody's got their own greed... Players aren't going to want to play as many games, but they want to be paid more. It, <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into a real. Uh, I feel it in every sport. Like it's 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 getting to where like you know there is now that players don't want to play. Yeah, we had a lockout in baseball last right. year. You know, I mean, right. And luckily, it ended soon or quick. Yeah, it did. Yeah, but they only MLS missed like, not. they only missed a week or two of the season, right? Yeah, yeah. And MLS, MLS had a not. lockout too. Yeah. Yeah. And NFL has always been the, tar- the hardest bargain. So when that becomes a thing in the NBA too, the, those two have really had issues with lockdown lockouts or whatever. So hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Too many games, obviously. Yeah. Well, especially when you let this many teams in the, in the playoffs, it, it is like we've talked about before, it kind of drags in the summer. Sometimes you get to July and you're like, we, we yeah. still, or once the transfer windows close and, and we have August, right? You're like, we got August, September, and all of October still. July and August are brutal. Maybe we could cut it down. Four games. Cut it down a month. Yeah, they're start yeah. later, so you're not starting at the end of February, or you end sooner, so you're not going all the way up to December. Yeah, playing in February in the United States is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's Especially in those... Those cities that are up there, my gosh. And unless you're going to unbalance the schedule, which isn't fair mm-hmm. to them for being in the North. like, But, man, you're going to be playing in Minnesota in February. Are you stupid? <laughs> right. Gosh. Come on. All right. So let's wrap it up here. We have Charlotte and Toronto tomorrow at 730. We have Cincy and New York at 730 as well. That's free on Apple TV. Uh, Montreal hosting Houston. New England hosting Columbus, Philly hosting Atlanta, which could be a maybe a preview of a playoff matchup coming up soon. Austin and DC. Austin 
has been awful this year. DC has been kind of flirting with playoffs all season long. We'll see if they can make it. Chicago hosting Miami. Dallas hosting Colorado. Those are at 8.30. Nashville hosting Orlando. This is, this is pretty big uh, for, for seating purposes. 8.30. That's on Apple TV. It's also uh, for free. And it's also on FS1. LAFC in Minnesota is also free and on FS1. That's at 10.30. Minnesota, who's been hanging around the playoffs all season long, are maybe going to miss out now. Can they kind of right the ship against LAFC, who've been not great since the CCL, really? Seattle and LA, that is free as well at 10.30. Vancouver and St. Louis is free as well. Well, a lot of free games. Then on Saturday, we have Atlanta and Columbus. That's free. DC, NYCFC, that's free. Miami hosting Cincinnati. Montreal hosting Portland, that's free. New York hosting Toronto. Orlando hosting Revs, that is free. And Philly hosting Nashville. Those are all at 7.30. Then at 8.30, we have Austin and LAFC. Chicago and Charlotte. Dallas, San Jose. Houston, Colorado, Minnesota, and LA Galaxy. And then at 9.30, we have RSL SKC for the, uh, the what is it? The, uh, anag- not anagrams, uh, <laughs> abbreviations, right? RSL and, and SKC. Seattle <laughs> and Vancouver at 10.30. That is free on Apple TV. Then on Sunday, you have a bunch of the MLS Next Pro playoffs. You also have one of those on Friday. And then we go into the uh, international break on Thursday, October 12th. So when we next meet, we will be able to talk about the games that took place on Wednesday and Saturday. And then, you know, everything will kind of be on hold until we get to like the 21st. Decision day, baby. Yeah, we, that's wild. I just realized I'm going to be missing decision day. At least the East is pretty much wrapped up. So that is. Yeah, I was going to say we might not be missing much. Just keep up with the Western Conference teams that all play at nine o'clock at night. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, we usually do go live. But I was like looking at it, too. And I was like, those are all nine o'clock games on that Saturday. Yeah, this yeah. is, I guess, because of the Apple deal. In, in the past, they used yes. to have the like a three o'clock and a six o'clock or four, mm-hmm. uh, right? It was something like that. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. I will tell you the the schedule makers though, Jordan, over these next two, next two match days, I guess technically thirty six, thirty seven, or whatever the stupid numbers are that don't make any sense. Um, they they really must have keyed into the teams they thought were going to be good because they're all playing each other. It's wild. <laughs> like there is not a bad bunch in the Eastern conference playing each other. Like they are all playing each other. So uh, it's fun. very good for They're teams like middle. Minnesota who yeah. needs to try to make a run here. Right. Uh, they face mm-hmm. LAFC galaxy and SKC uh, SKC faces RSL in it. You know, Minnesota uh, Dallas will have to face off against San Jose and galaxy. Those are two teams that are, floating around them you know there's some pretty good opportunities for these teams in the west to make that jump up the table 
to try to make the playoffs. Uh, in the East, like I said, you really only have those two spots left, and that's NYCFC and Montreal currently sitting in those seats. And, you know, NYCFC is going to have to face D.C. Uh, they're also going to have to face Chicago, who's kind of in that same spot. So at least it'll be entertaining. I mean, look at this. Orlando at Nashville against the Revs. Both playoff teams, both trying to chase them down. Both trying the Revs, to yeah, get the crew, top four. Yeah. Yeah, they've got the crew, Orlando, Nashville, and Philly. Philly's got Atlanta, Nashville, and the Revs, and they're all in the playoffs. The crew, Revs, Atlanta, and Montreal playoffs. Um, Atlanta, Philly, crew, and Cincinnati. <laughs> Nashville, Orlando, Philly, and the Revs. Like, they're all in that one to seven. They're all playing each other. So they are they can still all jockey for position except for Cincinnati. But those two through sevens, there could still be some movement in between those. So it's getting, getting some tightness in that Eastern Conference with all those good teams sitting up there. So, All right. Well, that about does us for today. Um, if you want to contact us at Stateside Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, you can email us statesideshow at gmail.com. I will be going live in another hour and a half to cover the Ahsoka finale. We're going to do a live reaction over on the Pod Awaken. So if you're a Star Wars fan and you happen to catch this before uh, 9 o'clock on Tuesday, uh, you can join us there. Um, we're also going to give like a brief reaction at the end of it. And then we're going to still do the full podcast breakdown later in the week. Uh, but that's what I got going on with me so far. So uh, yeah. Any, anything for you, Logan, anything coming up? Uh, no, <laughs> my baseball team's done. Basketball hasn't <laughs> quite started their regular season yet. Um, so I'm just lingering around watching the Dolphins be a pretty good team, but not a great team. So <laughs> they did their annual three and O start and they, they did. Lost. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. It's every year now. Um, they haven't, they haven't gone four and one in like 27 years or something. So wow. maybe that's what we'll get. Well, maybe they play the Giants next and the Panthers. So I'm, I'm hoping, yeah, you're hoping you're five and one. After that. Yeah. But again, I still don't feel very good because the bills are still there. So yeah. yeah. So but yeah, nothing else. Nothing else, really. All right. Well, thank you all for watching and listening along. We will catch you next week when we see if any other Western teams have clinched. <laughs>